Welcome to the Wealth Equation Podcast with me, Wealth Ninja, Kristen Walsh. If you want to be wealthy, but money feels like physics and the thought of making a budget makes you want to die, stick around. Here, we break it all down super simply. We demystify wealth so you run your money instead of your money running you. We're here to ditch the hustle, earn more, hold more, and grow more simply. We're coming in hot with practical teachings, deep mindset shifts, and the perfect amount of woo-woo so that you become the kind of woman who creates wealth with ease. Money is a dance party if you let it be. You were born for wealth, and by pressing play, your up-level begins. Hola, chiquitas. Today, I want to break down for you some very important finance concepts in a very simple way. Now, before you shut me off and you think I'm going to bore you to death like an accountant, I want to invite you into the space that this doesn't need to feel scary. Revenue, profit, and cash flow actually mean more money in the bank for you, more freedom. And while these things are found in financial statements and those can feel boring and overwhelming, they don't need to be. I want you to think about this like little levers, like fun little levers that you get to pull. Like, remember those little problem solving, the the little mind teasers that we used to get for Christmas? Like, this gets to be like those. Hopefully you used to find those fun. I'm maybe a little bit of a nerd, but these levers that you get to pull, every single one of them adds more money into the bank for you. So have you ever heard the term revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king? Well, if you have, maybe you don't know what it means, and maybe you've never heard this at all. But these are, this sets us up for really breaking this down in a really clear and simple way. So, revenue, profit, and cash flow are really important pieces of your business, and they all work in a bit of a different way. So, revenue, basically, also known as turnover for all my Kiwis, it's income, it's all the money that you make. It's what is referred to as your top line growth. So, if you ever hear top line, that's because it's the top line of your, you know, one of your financial statements. Well, this is all the money that you make. It also, revenue includes the money that you haven't necessarily been paid for, which is important, right? So say you have a client that's agreed to pay you $50,000 and they pay you the first 10 and then they go out of business. Well, your revenue number might be recording or might be reflecting the fact that you've actually, you've sold money or you've sold services or products that you haven't actually been paid for. And it's a really important distinction for us to make. That's why revenue is vanity because it looks really good, but you might not actually be keeping all of it or even receiving all of it. (laughs) So when you take into account the piece of profit is sanity, it's really important not just to be earning more. I'm going to break down for you some common mistakes that I see people make in these areas and also how to increase all three of these, but let's break them down first. So when we talk about profit as sanity, it's really important not just to be earning more, but also be holding it, right? So profit is all of the money that you make minus all of the money that you spend. So your business expenses, right? All of your subscriptions, any contractors you might pay. It includes any, you know, freight and courier expenses, any, you know, assets that you might buy. Now, It also includes weird things like accounting terms, like depreciation. So for example, when you buy, say, a computer, that asset, it's considered an asset, and that is depreciated over time, which means on your financial statements, 
it might over five years, the cost of that computer is slowly taken out of your, you know, your revenue, slowly creating, you know, less and less profit over time. And so there's a couple of weird things that are basically long story short, there's a couple of weird accounting things that happen that show you a level of profit on your profit and loss statement that aren't necessarily quite in line with reality. And when I say reality, I mean the amount of cash you actually have. So that's important to really know. Now, profit is also known as your bottom line number. So if you ever hear people say that, that's what they mean. Revenue revenue is your top line, profit is your bottom line. And so say one thing that I see people really mistake or misunderstand is they see that spending money to lower their profit can save, they think that that can save them money because you pay taxes on your profit. So if you have less profit, you pay less taxes. And so people sometimes will go out and spend money thinking it'll mean that they'll pay less taxes. And that's kind of true and kind of not. And I want to take you through a simple example to explain why. And I want to create this for you because if you're going out to spend money to lower your taxes, you're actually costing yourself more than you realize. Imagine you make 300 grand last year and you spend 200 grand of that. So you're left with $100,000 in profit. Imagine in our example, your tax rate is 33%. And so you would owe at the end of the year, $33,000 in taxes. You would take home $67,000, right? Your profit was 100K. You pay 33% in taxes. And so you take home $67,000. Well, I've seen people say, I want to lower my taxes. And so I'm going to spend more money. Well, imagine you go out and you spend money on expenses that you wouldn't have normally spent on. And imagine you spend $40,000 more than you than you had before. Well, it's not like you actually have saved money. What you have actually done is you've reduced your profit to $60,000, right? Cause you spent 40 grand. So now you have a $60,000 profit, which means with 33% taxes, you pay $20,000 in taxes. So instead of paying 33 grand in taxes, you pay $20,000. So you have lowered your taxes but you also only take home $40,000. So in the first example, you had 67,000 left over. And in this example, you have 40 grand. So if you're going out to spend more money thinking that it will lower your taxes and save you money, you might be lowering your taxes and also costing you way more money. (laughs) So that's a really important one to be aware of. And I've seen it. I feel like people don't always quite understand how it works. Now, the last piece around the revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. Cash is king is because that is the real reflection of like how viable your business is in the current moment. So regardless of what your revenue on paper says and your profit on paper says, if you don't have cash in the bank, you are quite literally fucked. (laughs) And I want you all to understand that revenue and profit are, are things that are recorded basically on paper. And so for the reasons that I mentioned before, that 
revenue might include money that you haven't actually collected and might not ever collect. And, and profit is not quite an accurate reflection of your cash either. It's really important that you have money in the bank to keep you and your business sustainable. And for example, you know, if you have clients that are not going to pay you the money that they owe you, you might actually run out of cash, even though it says on paper, you have a lot of profit. So it's really important to be aware of that. That's why cash is quite literally king or queen. (laughs) So you want to think about growing all three of these numbers because all three are important. And when you think about growing your revenue, when you start out, I want, I'm going to take you through a bunch of ways that you can grow your revenue, your profitability, and your cash flow. And they all require, you know, slightly different things. When you first start out, all of your growth or most of your growth is usually attached to your time. You spend time in the world. You know, if you're trying to earn more money, you're attracting more clients. You're usually spending time in the world. Maybe you're creating content. Maybe you're connecting with people inside of Facebook groups. Maybe you're speaking at events. So a lot of what you're doing to grow your business, to grow your money, to sign clients is you doing more things and that's normal. And then when you get to the stage of scaling or growing, you know, past hundred grand, or even before that, you will be looking at hiring experts to come into your business or hiring contractors to give you more of your time back. You might be looking at doing things like paying for Facebook ads, hiring administrative support. You might be paying for business programs, coaching, or strategy at every level. I would, I would suggest that you might be doing that. And so when it comes to the things that you need to grow your revenue, some of those actually cost you money and that's normal. So the things that you're doing to grow your revenue are actually reducing your profitability. And that is all part of the equation. That's normal. But if The things you're doing to grow are costing you more money than they're earning. You've got a problem. And that's why we talk about profit being sanity. You want to be looking at your profitability and reducing your costs as much, not as much as possible, because sometimes it's valuable to actually be spending more, but you want to look at optimizing things. You don't want to be paying for things that aren't generating you a lot of money. You don't want to be, like I said, paying for things that aren't earning you more than, than you're putting in or just general inefficiencies with where your spending is going. So for example, you know, if you produce actual goods, maybe you make baby sweaters, your production costs that are going into that, the cost of materials, maybe your staff costs, the people that you're hiring advertising, or, you know, Facebook ads, you might look at your profit and loss statement and realize you were paying thousands of dollars in subscriptions that you didn't actually need or weren't using. And when you think about making, like improving or increasing your profitability, it's not to reduce everything to zero. It's just to get to get rid of the unnecessary stuff, right? If you're thinking about the money that you're spending in Facebook ads, you want to be looking at, is this actually, you know, how much is this actually returning us or, you know, your staff costs, you might get in there and realize you were paying way more for some of your contractors than it's actually returning you. You might look at negotiating some of your production supplies, right? Negotiating things with some of your suppliers, negotiating rates. All of that goes into improving your profitability. And then the last piece is cash flow. Cash flow, like I said, is critical. And there are a few really fun ways 
to improve your cash flow. So when you think about cash in the bank happens from people paying you before you have to pay other things, right? The more you can pull those levers, the more cash you will have on hand at any given time. So for example, setting up your business so that clients pay you in advance or maybe offering incentives so for clients to pay you in full versus paying you over time. Maybe you negotiate with some of your supplier, sorry, some of your suppliers so that you pay for things upon completion instead of paying them in advance. I would suggest that everyone keep an emergency account, a vault account. So like two months of business expenses that you have cash on hand, just in case something happens like an unexpected, maybe you have to buy an unexpected, you know, computer or something breaks or a piece of equipment, or maybe you really want to hire somebody that you need to take on a really big piece of work that you have to do immediately. Or maybe you lose a client overnight and you want to have some emergency cash on hand because, and I don't even like to use the word emergency because it's not an emergency. It's just things that happen in your business. (laughs) There's nothing emergency about it. It's just unexpected things. Another thing that can help you with cash flow is having credit cards available. So if you need, for example, again, cash on hand, you have cash available to you that you know, you don't have to go out and apply for it. It's just there and available. Another really powerful thing you can do is instead of sending clients invoices and chasing clients for payments and expecting them to pay, because let's be honest, guys, the reality is that some clients will ghost you on payments or some clients will delay payments as much as they can, but many clients will just not pay on time because paying your invoice isn't their highest priority. And so having your client payment set up on auto subscriptions or having the ability to charge them because you have their credit card on hand really just saves both you and them time, right? You don't have to spend time chasing and they don't want to be chased. So that really just makes it easy for everyone involved. I also would suggest having late charges, having late charges for late payments and enforcing them. That's one really powerful way to keep clients, giving clients an incentive to pay their bills on time. And one thing about having boundaries around payments is enforcing them. (laughs) So if you say you have a late charge, enforce the late charge. Those are some really, really great ways to not just earn more, but keep more of it and keep more cash on hand at any given time so that your business is always, always sustainable. Now, one system I love for managing cash flow, aside from putting it all, keeping it all in one single account, obviously having it grow, but managing where the cash flow is going can be done in a really simple way by just separating it into separate accounts. I love, if you guys have not read the book Profit First by Michael Michalowicz, I love it. It is, there isn't, I don't love every single thing he talks about, but his main philosophy is that you should be paying yourself first versus paying everybody else first. Because as business owners, how we tend to set up the business by default is money comes in. It's all in one big account. It's managed like a haphazard mess. We think we pay things as we see them like an emergency and everyone else gets paid before us and we get the scraps. And that was definitely how I ran my last business. And the benefit of 
you actually prioritizing yourself first is that when it comes to increasing business expenses, like hiring a team member or, you know, deciding whether you're going to add, you know, a new subscription or a new, whatever it is, you only do that after you are taken care of. And so you're making decisions, not at the expense of everyone else, but with real intentionality, strategy, and constraint. And also what I love about his model is that taxes are never a surprise. And when I talk about, so the bucket system for managing cash flow is very much based on his model in some ways. And what you do is you take all of your money into one single account. I call it the revenue account. It all comes into one place. You don't pay any bills from that account. You don't do anything from that account, but, but take money in. And then you have four to five other accounts for all of your other things. So you have an account for operating expenses. You have an account for taxes. You have an account for that emergency or vault fund. You have an account for GST, which is sales tax, which is separate from income tax. And I'll explain that in a sec. And then you also pay yourself. So whether you keep that in account or you have a personal account for that. And what happens is when you get paid all of your money, twice a month, you go into that revenue account and you divvy out all the money. So say you have 50 grand in there, you send it to different places. So you send some of it to you, which you pay first. Then you send some of it to the operating expenses account. So that includes anything you're paying for the business. You might have a separate account for for staff or contractors if you want to separate that out. And then you put some of your money into the tax account. So you know that a portion of all the income you're earning is actually going to your taxes. So there's no surprises at the end. It's being set aside. You put some money toward that vault account and then you separate, you put some money into the GST account. So the difference very quickly, the difference between income tax and your GST. So in New Zealand, it's called GST or sales tax in every country and location. It's, it's called something different. It's basically a sales tax is the amount of tax the government requires that you charge to consumers. And so you basically have to add 10 or 13 or 15% onto all of your goods or services. You charge that to your customer, but it's not actually your money. It's you're collecting it for the government. So you've got to pay it to the government. (laughs) So it's important you separate that out because that 15% or whatever it is that you're charging on top of all your income was never yours. And so keeping it set aside so that you're paying it to the government at whatever intervals they require is important. The difference between that and income tax is that income tax is the tax you pay on your profit at the end of the year. So remember my example before, you earn 300, you spend 200, your profit is 100. Well, you pay income tax on your profit. So the two things, and people get really confused about this, those two things are completely different things. They're totally separate. They both have the word tax in them, and that is truly their only similarity. (laughs) So that is just a really easy way, separating your cash into different buckets so that it's super clear and you know where it goes. The next thing I see people really mucking up a lot is trying to do their own fucking taxes. Honestly, save yourself some time and you won't get very far in your business trying to do this forever. But I do see some people try to do this for too long and it's absolutely insane. 
how much is your time worth, first of all? And also, there's no way that you can spend, or it's that a valuable use of your time to be spending time understanding the legalities of accounting practices and principles and tax compliance and all of those things. Like it truly is one area that like, just leave it to somebody that has done all the work for you. So an accountant is so valuable because they do your taxes at the end of the year. They make sure you're compliant. They make sure all those boxes are checked and God love them because details are not my forte. And my accountant literally loves details. He literally loves the idea of like doing someone's accounting. And so trust that the experts are good at what they do and that they, it'll save you so much time and energy by just allowing yourself to hire someone. They can give you tips and practices and nuances of like saving money on taxes that you could never, or it would never serve you to find on your own. Now, the thing about accountants is that they're often backward looking. They're not with you making day-to-day decisions in your business and they're not usually in the frame of mind of making decisions for growth. They're making decisions about keeping you compliant and saving money on taxes. And they're looking at the past. So when my client, when my accountant does my taxes, he's giving me numbers that are literally in some cases like two years old. So while an accountant is really valuable and I love them to death, you don't want to rely on them to be looking at your numbers for you. Because making decisions on a day-to-day basis around, you know, hiring or, or all of that is something that you need to know the numbers on and you need to know the recent numbers. You've got to be able to read your profit and loss statement. And I know this sounds like horrific for some people. Let me tell you, it's actually not that hard. In the work that I do, I break it down really easily. Like you, you really understand stuff. You need to be able to make decisions like, how much am I going to spend on a new contractor? Or you can see from your profit and loss, like, wow, my, my costs for, you know, my materials have skyrocketed. And I didn't even realize we were being charged more, or maybe one stream of revenue is bringing you in way more than anything else. And it's costing you way less time. So you maybe want to spend the next three months focusing there, or you might find the opposite. One stream of revenue is actually making you like 1% of all of your money for the year and is like full of just headache clients that aren't a great fit. And so the ability to make decisions based on your numbers is so valuable. Like really being efficient with what this looks like will save you so much time and will make you so much money. I can't stress that enough. I would also say that in addition to an accountant, like use bookkeeping software, whether it's QuickBooks or Zero, I I love Zero. It's X E R O. They're a New Zealand-based company, but any software that works will work. You just find find one that you like. It really is like what's your time worth, right? It keeps everything organized. It keeps everything really efficient, and again, gives you the ability to pull up your numbers like at the drop of a dime. So you can see all these things. You don't have to spend time in Excel trying to add shit up, which I can't even imagine how long that would take. (laughs) Of course, you're not going to look at your numbers when it feels that hard. And then hiring a bookkeeper. So a bookkeeper is separate to an accountant. Sometimes they fall under the same umbrella, but they will help you keep all of your accounts organized. They'll track all your receipts. They will code all of your transactions, which just means as money comes in, they They allocate it to the right accounts. So they can be really helpful in, you know, the admin and the organization of your accounting stuff. 
Also keeping business and personal expenses separate. (laughs) I know it's really easy to keep them all in one big, big giant mess and big giant pile when you first get started. But the more you can keep things separated, the easier it is. And let me tell you from somebody that has sold a business and looked at closing one, it is not easy if your business and personal expenses are intermingled. You really want to be thinking about planning for the future and keeping things super separate. And then using credit cards. So credit cards are so valuable if you use them in the right way. You can use a credit card for the entire lifetime of the time that you own it without ever paying a dime in interest. You just rack up the credit card or spend on the credit card. You rack up the points whatever rewards you get from that particular credit card and you pay it off in full every month and the bank won't earn a dime from you, (laughs) but you get the benefit of all the points. You also get the benefit of having cash on hand in a really quick and easy way. So again, if there's a time when you don't happen to have cash in the bank, but you know, a client's going to pay you next week and you have to make a big payment for something, you're not in a pickle. Now, all of this, if you are still here with me, hopefully you've been taking notes and writing things down. I want you to really lean into understanding your numbers because you've got to, and it doesn't need to be hard. Like I said, it's like pulling little levers. It gets to be really fun. I love to look at my, my profit and loss. I love to see how my business is doing. I love to see that growth over time, where we can improve the tweaks that we can make, the things that we can change. I love having clarity on the numbers because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel confident when I make decisions because I'm clear on the numbers. I'm not flying blind or shooting in the dark. You've got to understand your numbers, beauty. And the good news is that once you do, everything is easier. The better news is it's actually not that hard. I love you. Have an incredible week. And I'll see you back here very, very soon. It's a gift to vibe with you here every week. If you're digging the content, I would be honored if you'd leave a rating, a review, and subscribe to the show. Not just for me, but it's how women just like you find the pod. It truly is how we can all make an impact. More women being ridiculously fucking wealthy and building a life of their wildest dreams. 